hockey. Who do you cheer for in racing? Pittsburgh Penguins. Who do you cheer for in racing? Oh, racing, sorry. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Let's restart that. No, no, that's good. That's no. the first he has impressed over the years. He has scored podiums last year. McCray is going to drive it in deep. Two laps to go. Popsicle sticks in the air. McCray might get one more opportunity. He slips up again the gap a couple car lengths. Conroy can see it in his mirror. He's just got to hit his marks. McCray really driving in deep. This time by the white flag will be in the air. The kid looking for his first win. The veteran, the champion, looking to find his way to victory lane. Conroy. Perfect through one and two, down the backstretch. McCray's not going to get to him. He's been close before. He's had wins taken from him. But Travis Conroy's going to take the checkered flag, and he's going to get to keep it. Conroy first. You know what? I probably just stepped on Denver's call there on the back straightaway. But Denver, that was a great call you made on Saturday. Congratulations on becoming an announcer, producer, flagman, whatever other jobs you have. Congratulations on that. I'm retiring, Tim. That's it. I'm done. One, we're, re one, we're retiring. What? One yes. and done. So that's one like Brittany done. Hoyt with the flag girl thing in Maribyshire, right? She's one and done. Just like me in the staff race. Wait, no, 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 no. You said you're coming back for the staff race. Barry told me we're not having one anymore. So, well, we're gonna have to have a conversation with him about that. One and done. Welcome to Tim's Corner, episode 19. This is gonna be a fun evening. Got a stacked lineup of guests. Uh, Travis Conroy's waiting in the wings. Uh, Destiny Ankle's gonna join us, and then Danny Harvey. I'm excited to talk to Danny Harvey tonight because uh, it's been a long while since I've caught up with Danny. That's going to be a, uh, a fun evening, but Dylan, how are you enjoying? It's not lockdown anymore. It's, it's phase one. How are you enjoying phase one? Uh, I, I'm enjoying it because I wasn't arrested going into Lunenburg County today. So uh, went to work in Bridgewater uh, at my radio station and uh, it was nice just escaping going out of my community. It, it, it's nice. And, uh, what else can I say? Beautiful weather after we had some rain this morning and uh, too bad again. Nice weather coming up on the weekend, but no racing in Nova Scotia. But there is some testing, though. A lot of drivers are starting to really work on their stuff, Tim, even at the dirt track in the Valley. You know what? It kind of looks like I, I spoke with Greg Dow a little bit in Sydney. Uh, obviously, they made their their official, you know, writing on the wall announcement that June's not happening. Uh, you you kind of talked to Scotia Speed World and, and some of those around and, you can kind of put two and two together and look at the restrictions. We could, and I, that's a very loose could with everything that's changing, be racing in phase three. Uh, phase three starts with the, what was potentially the Atlantic bubble on June 30, which means July 3rd might be a pinch point in Nova Scotia, but we'll wait and see. We don't know exactly. We don't know what crowds are going to give us. Uh, the racing with fans deal, obviously, some racetracks need fans to make their business model work. Denver, I, I know you guys last year in Miramichi, we're going to make it work. And then you had a couple of fans in the grandstands. I know from doing Sydney last year and doing a race at Scotia, it's not the ideal situation on a business side. Uh, so I, I know there's some, there's some restrictions that are being weighted to be lifted in New Brunswick as well, but also Nova Scotia to really get this racing season kicked off. For sure, Tim. Like you said, it's not ideal. And ultimately, if you can't put fans in the stands, the majority of tracks, your operations shift from, you know, trying to make money and be a viable business to just survival, you know, and that results oftentimes in reduced payouts. I mean, sometimes we've seen a couple tracks be able to make payouts work, but, uh, you know, if you only have 50 people on the property, it's pretty hard to uh, pay the bills and pay the drivers. So uh, it's uh, certainly not ideal, but uh, brighter days are coming. We are seeing lots of positive news. We just got to uh, kind of wait it out and be patient here and, uh, 
We're still not sure if New Brunswick, what's, what's going to happen this weekend, if 660 will be able to have fans or what will go on there. But uh, 75% the drive to Doug Matchett is only uh, a little bit away. So <laughs> we're, we're not far off. Doug Matchett, Doug Jago, whatever, whatever you want to use for your 75, Emily, me, and she's from Nova Scotia, though, so, and she's retired, I guess, now, or semi-retired, so. Denver, Denver, do you want me to join the New Brunswick number? Because I got my vaccine yesterday. Yes. Okay. Every, listen, that's another, I don't know, 0.001%. We'll take it all right now. Sure. Can we, yeah. can we share numbers so we can get to 75? Nova Scotia's numbers are actually looking better, so I'm excited for that, but uh, let's, uh, Let's start talking some racing. Before we go into our first guest, you did mention Speedway 660. Uh, the word that I was told is we're waiting until tomorrow to see what the, the fan racing, what have you situation is going to be. I know we're live on the Speedway 660 page. So uh, usually our, our pre-race advance day is Wednesday and there was no pre-race advance. So I've already got the question. Uh, I know we got it last week when, when Petty International Raceway didn't send one. So uh, right now we're in a, a wait and see mode to see what's going on. And that's all I know. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll let you know when we go forward. But let's welcome in our first guest, shall we? A driver of the number seven in the Atlantic Modified Tour and was going to Victory Lane last weekend when it came to Petty International Raceway. First win on his career in the Modifieds, and it is Travis Conroy. Travis, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's awesome. Uh, I'm blessed to be here. Congratulations on the win. Petty International Raceway is not an easy racetrack to get to get your feet underneath you and especially get that first win. What's it feel like to get that first win out from under you and and you know, now we can we can move on and get some more. It felt amazing. Um I I couldn't have done it without my crew though. Like I, I can't take all the credit for that. If I didn't have it for my crew there, there's no way I could have done it. We are live and interactive here this evening with Travis Conroy. So if you have a question, comment, be sure to drop it below. We are live on the Tim's Corner Facebook page, as well as Speedway 660 and other track. The Atlantic Modifieds are going to visit here at the end of the month on June 26th. So uh, I guess we'll we'll start out. It's It's been a couple of years. You won the Rookie of the Year. Uh, you had a couple of really strong runs last year. Did that help you at all going into this season? How much preparation did you do from that 2020 season that was shortened into 2021? A lot of hours in the shop, actually, uh, under the car, working on it, and uh, a lot of help there as well from my crew, and and uh, we just we we got excited there about halfway through the winter to get back on the track, and that's where the drive came, the countless amount of hours put in the shop and the the, the dollars spent, but we finally got there, and it was nice to get back out on the track. I want to circle back to the win, but I want to go back to the beginning because you haven't been racing for very long in your racing career, and you've come. Uh, up through the ranks uh, fairly quickly. How did you get your start in racing? Well, um, back in 2016, 17, something like that, um, Chris Sickles had an old four-cylinder car, my Celica that I first drove. Um, he wanted to put it in the demo. And then my brother ended up buying it off him for, I think, 200 bucks. And uh, so I traded my brother a truck that I had because he got his license and had to uh, have a truck for the road or a vehicle for the road. So I traded him the race car for the truck. And then whenever I, I started that and it just, I had to get something faster every year. So I, I moved up and ended up in the modified. It's funny how this works. Dylan, who do we have for a guest last week that drove a mini stock? Hmm. 46. Why am I blanking? Ryan McKnight. Ryan McKnight. What does he drive? He drives a Toyota Celica or Celica, if you will. He, well, he, he did. So, 
uh, Travis, I'll ask you a bunch of Hondas in that division. You come out with a Toyota, obviously it's your, your rookie season, but what was the learning curve like to, to get up there, not only to be quick in the race car, but also be quick around those Hondas. Um, there's no way you'll ever beat a Honda unless you have a Honda. Um, I firmly believe that because that Celica just wasn't, wasn't there, but, uh, it was just nice to get out around them and, and learn the cars kind of get out on the track, I guess. What was the biggest thing that you learned from the, the mini stock division? Cause I know you, you swapped cars there, uh, it, it, going into your career in that mini stock class. What was the biggest thing takeaway wise that you could bring from that mini stock division? Well, it was more or less just seat time, right? Um, just to get out with the other cars, get used to being out there. Um, I learned that that it's not just to go out and turn left. I, a lot of people, that's what a lot of people, or a lot of people think. Um, it's definitely not that. So that's one of the biggest things that I learned is it's, there's a lot more to it than, uh, than just running circles. Miramichi is one of those flatter racetracks. It's abrasive. It's different on both ends. You have to drive your race car to get around it. You, you kind of don't have that banking to catch you if you make that mistake. Uh, from learning in Miramichi, how much has that helped you to go to Petty Raceway and Speedway 660 and kind of go out to those different racetracks? Uh, from driving Miramichi, like you said, it, it's different in every corner. Um, when you go one and two, it's it's a nicer corner. Three and four is really, really hard to master. And I don't think to this day I've, I've ever mastered three and four. Um, but it helped a lot with with learning what the car likes and what the car wants. So when you when you go out there with a new car, with uh, when you come back from from the off season, um, you get out on the track and, and you really learn how to feel a car and, and know what it wants and what, uh, what adjustments to make. So let's go back and revisit Saturday. It's a different feel with 50 fans in the stands, but it's still the Atlantic modified tour eight cars to start off the season. You pick up the heat win. What was going through your mind after you picked up that heat win going into that main feature? Um, my crew was pumped that we won the heat. Um, when I came back in, everybody was pumped up. We won the heat, and my only thought was that was only one. We need to get the second one. I said we have a we have a fast car, but we need to make it faster. So there's there's hungry guys behind us. And there was one that seemed to be chasing you all race long. But as a as a race car driver, and I, I know you guys have had a couple of races with slow starts. There was a, a one incident, I think, on lap zero where everybody wanted to win behind you in, in lap one, turn one, sort of thing. As a race car driver, getting a couple of those cautions off to start, how how did that change your momentum wise, uh, leading into what was a green flag run? To me, it was just mindset, um, just to keep calm in the car and and to do the same thing over and over. So when we took the green, I had uh, my spotter James um, James Matchett. He was in my ear and just keeping me calm in the car. And then uh, when we lined up, I just made sure I did the exact same thing over again to make sure that I could get the jump. I wanted to ask you about James Matchett, and I'll, I guess I'll bring it up now because for those that, that know New Brunswick stock car racing, they know James Matchett, Eastern Super Mini Cup Series champion. He, he's won in street stock. He's done everything that uh, he set his mind to. How important is it and influential is it to have James Matchett on the call on, in, in your ear as his partner? Um, makes a world of difference. Uh, um, I ran a lot of different spotters and tried a lot of different people. If James could make it to a race, then I was you know running around the pits looking for another spotter um, a lot of different people in my ear and there's nobody that can contest him and i've said that from day one there's just there's something that that he does that makes it different and keeps me 150 percent calm in the car at all times it's uh it's real weird our bond that we have it just makes it makes it so much easier to drive the car for a guy that's been around ovals for so many years what was the biggest piece of advice james gave you getting into a race car getting into this atlantic modified tour 
He's given me enough of them. Um, <laughs> At least so, something we can share. The Yeah, that's right. Something PG. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say just consistency. Um, that's one thing that he's, he's taught me this year, especially is just consistency or consistency, um, to run the exact same lap every time. So it's, it's easier to set the car up. Um, and you know what it wants. Uh, you run, you know, if, if you don't run consistent, it's pretty impossible to set a car up. Now you go into that feature, we get a couple of cautions to start off and then we get some green flag racing in and it seems like you pull away and you have a, uh, rabbit kind of chasing you and Eves McRae. Eves has won everything there is to win through his career and won the Atlantic Modified Tour Championship last year. So you look back and you see that bright green machine behind you. What was the mindset as you guys ran around Petty Raceway for 35 laps? Just to keep him there. <laughs> that's all I was. Uh, that's all I was thinking about. Is like I said earlier, run consistent line. Uh, do everything in my power to uh, to make sure my car or stayed faster than him. And as long as he was in my rear view, that's all that mattered. You've raced with him for a little while now, the last couple of years in this Atlantic Modified Tour. But this Atlantic Modified Tour has a lot more veteran drivers compared to the up young start like yourself. You got, you got Joe Hoyt and Doug Matchett. Uh, those guys, Zine Dutcher uh, was on the podium. You know, those guys know a thing or two about getting around a racetrack. Is it intimidating at all to see those guys around you with, with all those wins and all those championships in this series? My first year in this car, yes, it was very. Um, they come up and and you know get close to me, and it was it was very intimidating. But and then like after after a year in that car, you just kind of learn to put that behind you. And as you're racing, you don't think about that anymore. It's it's just about who can get to the strike first. So you get across the line, you get that first feature win. Obviously, there's no fans in the stands to celebrate with. There, there's only 50, I guess, in the in the stands. But how relieving was it to get that checkered flag and be able to celebrate at a racetrack like Petty Raceway? There was no feeling like it. Um, I was on the phone with James the next day, and, and that's what I said to him. There's no feeling like that first win um, to finally to finally see your car coming across the line first, and, and it gives you gives you a nice feeling for sure. Now, I want to look ahead in a second, but we are live and interactive. We're on the Speedway 660 Facebook page. We're also on Tim's Corner Motorsports. Be sure to drop a question or a comment. Keep Dylan Langell busy here this evening because I know we were busy doing double duty last week. Dylan, what do you have over there on social? I've got nothing right now, Tim. Everyone's, wow. being, <clears throat> everyone's being a little shy. I know that Jordan Vino's watching because he, he, he wrote to me that I shouldn't be liking his statuses in the middle of this. I should be getting questions. So, Jordan, bring a question on for Travis. Travis, I want to let you know as well, I picked you for our picks. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. So uh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I got a question for you, though, pal. Um, with the tracks on the AMT Tour coming up here, uh, you've already won a Petty. There's a 660 race, Miramichi and Shediac. What track are you looking forward to next coming up? Um, I really like Fredericton. Um, that's, a, that's a really, really fun track to run. I love the momentum that you can the, the speed you can hold to the corners. Um, I, I won a heat race in 2019, I believe, in Fredericton. And uh, that's next in the bucket list is to take home a feature from that track. Do you have to change the car a bunch between the tracks? I mean, Petty is probably the most high bank track there. Miramichi is uh, rough and tumble, a little different. Uh, Shediac, pretty flat as well, like 660. Do you have to do a lot of changes in the garage after a weekend? Um, not a whole lot. It's just some setup stuff as far as stagger goes and, and wedge and a couple of things like that, but, but nothing major that we, uh, that we have to change really. 
Well, Tim, again, we need some questions here on Facebook. So feel free. Travis is here for a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's not often we get too many modified drivers. And that's a class I'm not super familiar with, Tim, because I'm from Nova Scotia, right? And I, I wanted to ask you that because your first modified experience was the Mike Stevens race last year, right? Correct. So what did you think of the Atlantic modified tour when you saw it for the first time? Because you've seen Valley Dirt. You've seen yep. Pro Stock Tour. You've seen IWK 250s. What was your first thought and experience with this Atlantic modified tour? Well, I just remember during that feature, I mean, they were going three wide on the front stretch at a turn four, and I was holding on for dear life up with Jesse Thompson, the announcer booth. I mean, it was just such great action. And the thing with open wheel racing, that's something I'm not too familiar with. So when I'm announcing the show, I'm seeing drivers like Travis and Eves getting within inches of their tires touching each other. And I'm thinking someone's going to flip here, but the action was just so intense on the track. And I can't wait to see the AMT tour at, at a Miramichi or, well, I guess the second race would have been at Miramichi. And that's when we had some bad wrecks there, unfortunately, but a 660 as well. So there, there's a great variety and hopefully one day we can get the tour back in Nova Scotia. And Miramichi is coming up. And Travis, since you are the point leader, does that change the mindset at all going into two weeks' time? We're just going to put more, a lot more hours in the shop and uh, make sure that we have a 110% ready-to-go race car by next Saturday. So now that the first win is out of the way, how much pressure is there to, to back it up with that second win? I've talked to a lot of people about that this week, and uh, they're all saying that I got a big target on my back now. I, I won the first one. Now I got to keep it going. So we'll see what happens. And Dylan kind of alluded to this schedule coming up because Petty Raceway is not back on the schedule until August 28th. With the way that everything worked out, obviously, the opener was supposed to be two weeks before, and uh, some things changed with the schedule. The next time you're there is August 28th. So how excited are you to be kind of volleying the ball back and forth between Miramichi and 660? Well, it, it'll uh, save a lot of time in the shop. Like I said, changing what we have to in the car. Um, we, both tracks, 660 and are both kind of the same um, as far as banking goes. So that way there, we can set the car up for one track and make minor adjustments for the other. Um, and then just, like I said, see what happens. One thing that's, that's kind of unique about the Atlantic Modified Tour schedule, and you guys did it kind of last year on Speed Weekend where there was a non-points race and a point race and kind of a day in between. But now this year, that long weekend, I believe in August or the weekend before, there is a double header on a Saturday and a Sunday. And they're both for points. So, so how do you prepare for a double header weekend like that, knowing that, that could very well not necessarily decide the championship, but be a, a, a big weekend either way? Just keep a lot of spare parts in the trailer. Um, make sure we have one of everything that we, we know might break that weekend. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to fix it. Whatever we do uh, tear up, we'll be able to fix it before the next day. There'll be a lot of working on race cars and trailers for sure that weekend. We are live and interactive. Be sure to drop us a comment. And Dylan, I know Facebook kind of changed a little bit this week. I know Paul was telling me they were doing some updates and everything else on the live side. So do not be afraid. Drop us a comment. Uh, maybe drop us a star or two. And uh, get involved and get interactive here with the conversation. We've got Destiny Ankle and Danny Harvey coming up a little bit later on. But uh, I know, Denver, you've been chomping at the bit over there. I see the wheels turning up there. What do you got for Travis Conroy? Well, first of all, Travis, congrats on the big win. That was uh, an incredible performance. And, I mean, you held, had to hold off the best of the best in Eve McRae. Like, no better way to get that big win. Um, I want to start off by asking a bit of a loaded question here. Uh, so, last year, 
most of the modified drivers were still running the P tire from that the past series runs in Maine. Uh, you kind of went a little bit of a different route running the 1070, which in the opinion of many was a disadvantage compared to the P tire. Now this year, the rules have changed and the 1070 is the tire on the Atlantic modified tour. So do you think making that switch last year was an advantage and helped you and it will help you going forward in 2021? And do you even notice the difference between the tires? I do notice a big difference. And um, the reason that we went to 1070s last year is because they were more readily avail available. And I knew that we there was a small chance of us going to them this year, the whole tour, like make it mandatory. So I thought I talked to the crew and I said that, you know, it's probably a good idea to put 1070s on and run them. I said, we can get them anywhere. They're cheap. And um, it looks like they're going to go to 1070s next year. So we put them on and noticed a big difference. They're, they're a real, like they're a harder compound tire. So they feel slippery, but when you get a car set up on them, then you can roll and they do last a lot longer. So they're a lot easier to, uh, to set a car up because they're so consistent. For sure. And you know, you saw that on the weekend and it definitely seemed to help. And uh, I want to ask you, you know, we talked about the rest of the season, but uh, like you said, the targets on your back, but the way the modifieds do their lineups, it goes by the handicap, which means that your handicap currently sits at a hundred. You, you have a perfect score after getting maximum points, but uh, the downside to that means you got to start shotgun. Uh, yes. machine. So yes. what do you think of that? How are you going to uh, work your way up through the field on June 19th? Uh, just be patient. Um, I'm not going to try to force any issues or anything like that. Just sit, uh, be a sitting duck, I guess, and sit at the back and wait for, wait for stuff to resolve itself. Um, if we have the car, then we'll be there. And if not, then we're just going to run around and see where we end up. I know it's a bit of a touchy subject with some other drivers, but uh, definitely three wide on lap zero one five is, is not a good idea <laughs> as we saw on, on the weekend, but, uh, so let's look ahead 2021. Um, you know, you got the modifieds. Is there any other plans for you um, to run anything else? I know you've mentioned before, maybe looking at some street stock races, or is it going to be uh, strictly a modified schedule this year? I think this year we're just going to stick modified. Maybe next year we're going to move to something else, see what's uh, available. But this year it's looking like, because we have so many events in the modifieds, it's looking like we're going to stick with that. I want to uh, throw a question at you and, and kind of this ties in with uh, Dylan Landel. So Dylan, get ready for this. Uh, I, I know. I know. I have an idea where this is going. <laughs> so uh, you entered a, a van in a demolition last year at Speedway Miramichi and it didn't go very far, but it went into the mud pit. Um, let's hear the story about that because a few weeks later, it ended up in Dylan Landel's possession. <laughs> yes. Um, I bought the van. Um, my boss at Patterson's had it and it was just going to the junkyard. So I said, give me that van and I'll, I'll do something with it. So anyway, I ended up getting it. I brought it home and I plan on putting it in the demo. And when I got there that day, I said, there's the most amount of cars that's ever been at the track. I said, I'd, I'd rather stand outside and watch it. So I, I wanted to do that, but at the same time, I still wanted to put on a show. So I said, well, I'll go out and see if it will spin and then I'll throw it in the mud pit and you know, then I'll be done with it. Leave it there. So that's, uh, that's kind of what happened there. So, Dylan, your van had a history to it. You got to appreciate the history. Yeah, what the heck did you do to it? There was no, there was no accessory belt on that sucker. No, she was running pretty warm there. We got her back in the pits. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it lasted me four laps at the uh, very best fall shootout before it grenaded itself. And then I got it back out later for the figure eight, and then it died again when I got in the pit. So, it lasted me uh, a race and a half. 
So I, I guess for those that are watching that, you know, we had a couple of guys on last week that said the, the Miramichi demos are kind of too wild for them. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pass. Give us a pitch for some drivers that might want to do something different and get into a demolition of Miramichi. Why should they head to Miramichi, especially with these, you know, pro stock guys, sportsman guys that end their season in September? There's still two demolitions in October. Why should they head up? It's uh, it's yes, it is uh, crazy and a little wild, but but it's fun. Uh, the the cars don't really go fast enough to really get hurt. Um, there has been, I mean, yes, there has been people hurt in the past, but if you take the right precautions and uh, and all that good stuff, I mean, it's a good time. You mentioned the the looking at a possible division jump here in the next couple of years with Miramichi not having a, a late model division. We've seen Ashton Tucker go through and, and make that leap and be very successful. So uh, is there any any idea as to what you might go to based on, you know, what Ashton Tucker, what some of the other guys from Miramichi, Brady Kramer's in a sportsman car that, that you know, might interest you? There has been talk, um, kind of letting the little cat out of the bag, but there has been talk about a sportsman um, in the, the near future, but we're not sold on that yet. Um, we're not too sure. Might stick with the modified and just keep running with that. But at the same time, I'd like to uh, I'd like to jump up in something else, either sportsman or, or late model or, or something along those lines. So let me pitch you this then. And, and Dylan kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Let's say the, the modifieds want to expand and eventually move back to racetracks in Nova Scotia, maybe Prince Edward Island. They've been to Riverside Speedway before. They've been to Lake Dowsett, but it's been a while. Is there any racetrack that you kind of have on your radar that says, hey, I, I, I kind of want to run here? Um, I've always watched videos, like um, uh, YouTube videos of uh, Scotia Speedway, and that always looks like a fun track. I'd like to get out there sometime and put laps on. Whether we have an event down there or not, I'd like to get out and put laps on in something. Looks like a very fun track. And I think he'd do well, Denver, because it's flat. It's it's it, it's a driver's racetrack. Nothing against the high-banked racetracks, Denver, but it's a driver's racetrack. I think you'd agree, right? I would, Tim. You know, I think that would be a perfect fit. You know, um, you look at Scotia and look at uh, 660 Miramichi and what Ashton Tucker did in the pro stock when he went there for the first time this year and damn near won the thing. So, uh you know, it would be a great fit. And I know there's a lot of guys in the modifieds that would like to go to Scotia, lots that also want to go to Riverside. It, it would be interesting for sure. And, you know, the other side to this uh, discussion, Tim, is, uh, you know, sportsmen and pro stocks back in Miramichi someday. That would be uh, pretty exciting, especially if Travis is uh, moving up into one at some point in time. But, uh, you know, the modifieds right now is also a, a pretty sweet deal. Are you putting words in Barry's mouth? Is that what we're doing? Listen, we're always trying to put words in Barry's mouth, but uh, it all we've said it a thousand times. It all comes down to sponsorship dollars. So if someone wants to sponsor a, uh, a sportsman or pro stock race in Miramichi, get in contact with Barry and, and maybe sponsor Travis a ride too. By the way, Dylan, did you see what just rolled in on the comments? Oh, no. It looks like Mr. Jordan Vino's here. So he'd love to do a sports and race in Miramichi. Barry, the drivers and the fans want it. <laughs> I'm, Come on. I'll, I'll tell you, Alex Johnson is another one that's been a strong proponent of it. He's got family in Miramichi. He told me that if they get a, a sports race in Miramichi, he would be there. Uh, but it's just a matter of trying to find those dollars and, and trying to make it make sense. We talked earlier before a couple 
coming on about this no fan deal in the grandstand in Nova Scotia. It has to make sense. And, and it's one of those deals that a sports race has to make sense. And uh, I don't know. I, I Dylan, I think that if Jordan Vino was on the entry list for a sports race in Miramichi, he'd be tough to beat. Yeah, he, I mean, he's one of the heavy hitters in Nova Scotia and in New Brunswick, I guess. He's uh, been pretty good at Petty, winning the Mike Stevens River Glade events before. And now he's one of those guys jumping up to a pro stock. So, so Travis, do you see a driver like an Ashton Tucker and think, well, if I had the money, and of course money's always the biggest thing, but do you think, well, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could jump to pro stock. What's in your mind there? I'd like to. Like you said, it's it's uh... – a lot to do with the dollar aspect of it, and uh, if we had it, we definitely, we definitely go that that route for sure. Is modified racing? Would you say, of as affordable or kind of near there as like a four cylinder? We always hear the most affordable is going to be a bomber or a demolition derby car. Just go grab a van like uh, you did from some guy and uh, wreck it. <laughs> Uh, is, he's still not over that if you can tell is, mo- <laughs> is modified racing affordable in the sense of racing of course racing is not the cheapest thing but what about modified modified is probably your your cheapest real drive v8 route um like you said either demo car or a, or a bomber car would be your most affordable but to get in the seat of a modified i'm you know throw it a, a dollar value but um to get in the seat of a modified you're probably you know between 10 and fifteen thousand, you can have a a turnkey jump in and go modified now looking forward obviously in, in miramichi there's none of that bandolero division you had to start in that mini stock division and, and kind of work your way up for those that might be on the fence in miramichi that are saying hey i want to get involved in racing uh what's what's the pitch what can you tell them uh, any kind of advice you can give them to get started in racing, whether it's demolition, a bomber, which which is starting to grow now as a huge division, or you know maybe even a modified. Um, yeah, I'd love to see more people come into a modified, get into a modified, and and make our uh, our field of cars grow. Um, but if you're you know a younger guy looking just looking to get a car, um, I would go with mini stock. Um, bombers are fun, but at the same time, they're just kind of a get out and, and drive around with your friends. Mini stocks are competitive. If you want to get into racing to be competitive, I would buy a mini stock. You're only going to be into the car between 2500 or $3,500, bucks, and you can be ready to go racing with your friends. So um, they're, they're very competitive, and, uh, and they're, they're fun to drive. We're live and interactive here on Facebook. I know it's kind of been a quiet night for Dylan Langella. They saw his face last week, and I think they kind of got scared. Uh, so drop what? a comment. I, something like that. I, I mean, got my hair cut, and I trimmed my beard and I, everything. You're allowed to in Nova Scotia now, so we'll give you that. Uh, we're live and interactive. Drop us a comment. We got Travis Conroy here for a few more minutes. Uh, uh, looking forward this season, you guys do a lot of big races. You're with the Mike Stevens Memorial. You're with the Speed Weekend 250, uh, the very best fall shootout. You're going to be a part of the Atlantic Championships this year in Shediac. Is there any one event you're looking forward to to being a part of with the Atlantic Modifieds? Speed Weekend every year. Um, we started 2019 when uh, when it was our first year there, and it was, I think, the best weekend all year. So I'm really excited to get back there. Last year was kind of kind of different because COVID, but uh, – Hopefully this year will be a bit more normal, as they call it. Now, I know you got a lot of supporters. I know your family is a big supporter of you. Your mother and your father are there every single race. How big is it to have them behind you cheering you on every single race? 
that means the world that they'll they actually support me um some parents are are totally against it and it's dangerous so you're kind of on your own but my parents completely stand behind me and it's it's awesome to have that behind you now i'm going somewhere with this has your father ever stepped in a race car before yes actually um so that Salika that we talked about earlier uh i bought that i went to that civic but i kept the Salika, and dad actually get in that one day and he blew it up on me so that went to the crusher <laughs> and then uh, when I bought this modified, I bought another Cavalier, uh, the one that, that Zine Dutcher's young lad has now, Grayson Dutcher. Um, I bought that Cavalier and dad raised that for, I think, a uh, couple of events. And then we ended up selling that. It was just too hard to keep two cars going. So he has been, he has been in a race car. But If I'm yeah. not mistaken, Travis, I think he has a podium in a street stock race too, does he not? I'm not sure about a podium, but he was in the street stock. <laughs> I think after the unofficial, official tech, whatever, I, I maybe was close to a podium. But uh, So was, was there a trophy involved in that, Denver? I don't know where the trophies went. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going somewhere with this. Barry's been talking about putting together a uh, match division with the demolition, have a couple of drivers in that, uh, can go head to head in two equally prepared race cars. They'd be like demolition cars, sort of thing, but they'd uh, they'd be a, a match race per se. So you put you and your father in one of each of those match cars. Who's going to win the race heads up? That's a tough choice. I'll give it to him. He he's a very very good driver, experienced driver. He's got a lot of years on me, but uh, I think that'll be a good run. Oh, not Tim. That was, I would like. That was wise though. That, that was the wisest answer I think we've ever had to that question on this show. <laughs> Ember, what do you got? I think we'd have to expand that race because, Travis, if I'm not wrong, I believe your mother, Michelle, is like a multi-time lawnmower racing champion. Yes, she is. So we have to throw Michelle into this race. Mark, Michelle, and Travis. And honestly, I'd like to see James match it in it, too. The whole we, start James, we start James like a half lap down or something because he's got like Eastern Super Mini Cup championships and won a bunch of big streets. Start, start him like a half lap down, right? Half lap down in the 10 lap race, he'd be knocking on her back door by the end of it. <laughs> Nothing about making those cars wide though, right? That's right. <laughs> ETA, he taught me how to do that. <laughs> there you go. I, I see social starting to bubble up. Dylan, what do you got? Yeah, starting to brew up here. And again, feel free to leave a comment. Uh, Adam Plord, um, a buddy who helped me fix that van. It always ties back to the van. <laughs> he wrote, um, get in the bomber car, bomber car and tell me it's not competitive. Um, Travis, you dabbled in the bomber division at all at Miramichi. And would you think about maybe dabbling with it on a weekend that the, maybe the modifieds aren't there? Um, myself, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but myself, I don't think I would. Um just because the modified and being in the mini stock, but it is a great affordable class for anybody that wants to get into racing and, and just go to have fun. Um, it's, I didn't mean that they're not competitive racers. It's just not as a competitive as or a class as something like the mini stocks where you have guys like uh, Rob Poirier, J.R. Lawson, um, you know, Mitchell Poirier, those guys there that, that, you know, have been doing this for, for a few years and, and they're, they're fast. They're, they're hard to keep up to. Um, but bomber division, there's definitely a lot of hungry guys looking for wins. And, uh, and I think it would be a fun, affordable, affordable class. If you're just getting into it, you want to, uh, you want to not spend a lot of money, but get in the car and go, I think that's, 
That'd be a route to go. Tim, I think we got our first fight on a TCM live. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand what you mean there, pal. Um, speaking of going from minis to modifieds, though, Jason Pickles is a, a mini stock racer here for Nova Scotia. And he wrote, what's the biggest difference going from a mini stock to a modified? I, I got to figure just even with horsepower, there's a lot there, right? Horsepower is a big one, but also the front wheel drive, rear wheel drive conversion. And, uh, you know, six inch wide tires to the 13 inch wide tires. Um, there's a lot more tire on the ground. The cars are a lot faster. Um, they're a totally a momentum car because of the big tires and they, they handle so well. Um, all the adjustments, like the all four jack and bolts, the adjustable pan hardware, third link trailing arm, all that stuff. Um, it all, it, it's totally, totally different to get in a car. And when you smack the throttle, the car turns. Um, in a or yeah, in a mini stock, it just it doesn't do that. You get a, you smack the throttle in a mini stock, and it just wants to push to the wall. So that's it's a totally different feeling when you get in halfway through the corner, jump on the throttle, and the car just wants to turn. And that would be one of the first things you notice with the big tires on the modified that it's like just sticking right to the ground, pretty much. Oh yeah, that's one of the biggest things. Is uh, um, one is they like to turn themselves. Um, they're set up so well to turn that you let go of the steering wheel to pretty much turn for you. And two is that you can hold so much more speed to the corner because of the big tires. Holy mackerel, it's like a self-driving race car, Tim. <laughs> Something like that. And, and to, to Denver's point, we are showing the B-roll from Speed Weekend last week or last year when they did go three wide in that heat race. So I know Denver loves three wide in the modified. So it's, it's glad we're showing that. But uh, Travis, I know you don't do it alone. You got a lot of great sponsors, great marketing partners on that race car. Who makes that for you? Uh, we got Patterson Sales. Um, they've been they've been with us since many stock days, since I got my first car. Um uh, we got we got this year Morn Enterprises jumped on board. My cousin started a shop. Um, we got Black River Welding Fabrication, Right Choice Auto Sales or Auto Parts, um, Big Wheels Auto Sales, uh, Car Star Miramichi, Sign Warehouse, Poppin' Boys Trucking. Um, we had Gippo on with us last year. Um, they weren't able to get on this year. And we have Pronovo Snowblowers and an N Trailers. Um, I know I'm missing somebody. Miramichi Tree Service. Uh, I think that's all for this year. Oh, uh, JC Plumber. That's the last one. And I want to ask you, because we just saw that B-roll of that car, the blacked out look. Where did, where did you get the inspiration for that paint scheme? Um, well, that actually came from James Matchett. We were going to go with a red body on a black chassis, just the opposite of what we did the first year. And he brought it to my attention that it was either Pro Stock or Sportsman had that scheme. And it looked unreal. He said, he said, it looked unreal. Um, that's the way to go, whatever. I said, okay, well, let's do that. I said, it sounds like a good idea, so let's do that. And then when we did it last year, um, the car looked good. It was just hard to see everything. So this year we, we decided to go with the, the black and, and light silver or white, if you will. And it does look good on the racetrack, and it really looks good in victory lane. One for one this season. The next race. This comes up in two weeks' time, the Sutherland, Sutherland's Excavating Limited 35. Uh, we wish you all the best in Miramichi. Enjoy the win. Go get them in two weeks. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That's Travis Conroy, driver of the number seven. And Denver, speaking about the next event, it's going to be live here on Tim's Corner TV. Tell us about it.
Oh boy, Tim. Uh, the day of eights at Speedway Miramichi. Tim and Dylan, you guys got to experience the day of eights here uh, one season ago, mm-hmm. and that was a wild race. Uh, yes, Dylan's first, ex- yeah, Dylan's first experience, and you know what? It's going to be even wilder in 2021 because, uh, unlike last year, first of all, we're bringing the modifieds in. Uh, the Atlantic Modified Tour will make their 2021 Speedway Miramichi debut, but there's also another addition. Uh, a figure eight trailer race. Woo-hoo-hoo! So it's gonna how, be wild. How many entries do you have for that right now? Uh, right now we haven't opened up registration yet, but we are expecting. I would say in the you know low double digits for trailers, probably ten to fifteen. So that so. that and it's all gonna be live on Tim's Corner TV. So you can head over there. The the passes are not on sale yet. We're still waiting for obviously next week to begin and whatever else. But excited to have that on Tim's Corner TV, and you can. Uh, go to that. The subscriptions, I believe, are going to start next week. Still have to double check with Chris and the boys at Speed Sport TV, but you'll have that as well. I know that question has come up, but uh, all that information, Tim's Corner TV coming up, and we will have a crew at 660 on Sunday as long as we are green flag and good to go uh, in the Gary Woods on Sunday. Speaking of a driver that knows a thing or two about Speedway 660, she is the current co-point leader in the late model sportsman division driver of the number 52 joins us now on tim's corner live it's destiny ankle destiny welcome to the show she needs to unmute her audio there we go technology is great when it works right i would really be to um these meetings but The Wi-Fi might be an issue, but we're going to try to work through this. Uh, uh, the first race of the season is always no. one of those ones. Technology. Technology. <laughs> we, we all are. Uh, that first race of the season is always the one that, you know, you get unloaded. Nobody really knows what they, they've got for speed. You just go out and race. And with this COVID deal, there hasn't been a whole lot of practice. But you guys came out of the box and came out of the box really quickly. Uh, how big was that a shot in the arm to get on the podium and get that runner up finish on the Riverview Ford Lincoln season over? Yeah, it was good. Um, we finally, I feel like late last year, we were starting to finally get this car figured out. It took us a couple of years, but it's really good right now. Um, we ran check late, it was really good it was really good i'm really excited to buy it this year and it will so looking forward now obviously that was a big show and i want to ask you about the finish to that race because mm-hmm. you had two really quick drivers ahead that both wanted the win and neither of them got it you ended up coming through that and finishing second what did you see out of the windshield of the 52 when you were coming off a of turn four um, I didn't see exactly what happened. I was a little, a little bit farther back, but um, we saw an opening at the checkered flag and we went for it. <laughs> I was actually in the right place at the right time. <laughs> and, and came away with the good finish. We are live and interactive with Destiny Ankle. Be sure to drop us a question, drop us a comment. Sean Tucker is watching, so no pressure tonight. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the heat race because that was kind of wild trying to follow along with who ended up winning that race, two cars in front of you make contact and not initially going to victory lane, but you ended up going to victory lane in that heat race. How huge was that? 
Uh, it was good. Um, it was a nice way to start the season. Yeah, at first they came back and got me later, and um, the race director came down and apologized, which is great. We love to, you know what I mean? We all make mistakes, but as long as we, you know what I mean? And um, I went and got my picture taken, and Michelle, when she was taking the picture, she said that, like, Clark pulled in there, and as soon as he pulled in, was like, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> so it all it all worked out. It was a good way to start the season. <laughs> So obviously with the points, the way they were, they had a little snafu on the website, but with, when they change that heat race, you're going to be tied for the co-point lead going into what is race number two. And it's supposed to be kids day coming up this Sunday. So what's the, what are you thinking going in now that you have a, a shot at the point lead and you know, you're, you're leading the field going into to Sunday's race. Um, I'm going to try to not think about it at all <laughs> and just float through the season and whatever happens, happens. We'll just do it one race at a time. I know I spoke with Wade after the, the first race and, and he called me on Monday and he said, I don't know what the 52 car did or the 52 team did, what they found over the winter to be fast. We had Kenny McKenzie on the show last week and he said they went through the shop and they found something that they thought was their Achilles heel that was preventing them from going to victory lane. Was there something that you guys found over the winter? What, what, was it something that, that you found that was magic? What, uh, what, did, what did you guys do over the winter? It was, as Dustin says, something that came to him in the shower one day <laughs> before we went to Shediac and that seemed to be great. for great so far. <laughs> so far, so good. We are live and interactive okay, with Disney Angle. Make Dylan busy over on social media. Drop us a question, drop us a comment, and we'll get uh, get it on the air here. So let's step back a little bit. We just had Travis Conroy on the show. He They don't have bandoleros in Miramichi, but that's where I'm going with this. How did you get your start in racing? Um, I started racing go-karts, and then when bandoleros came to New Brunswick, the first year I, like there was a whole bunch that moved over, like a whole bunch of my friends from go-karting, and I really wanted to go with them and my dad at first was like no we'll just wait <laughs> so then the next year we came in and we raced bandos for like three years um it, it wasn't our thing <laughs> we did not do well in a bandolero um I often say now that like I think if we would have tried another year in a bandolero I don't know if we would have kept racing like we were just not having a good time um, the opportunity came up to go to a street stock and we did that and we loved that. We had a great time. We had so much fun. And then, yeah, now we're in a sportsman. We moved up four years ago now. The, the results might not have been there, but I want to ask you about being a part of that boom of Bandoleros at 660, because it, it went from, you know, just a couple of cars to like 25 overnight. Uh, how cool was it to yeah. be a part of that first class? No, it was great. And there's still like lifelong friendships and, um, yeah, it's cool to see us all, like, when you go back and see pictures of us and all of our, like, I love little kids in fire suits, <laughs> and then to see us all grown up now and still, like, somewhat together is cool. I'm glad we did it, don't get me wrong. It was a great experience, but it just, um, we just didn't have much, wasn't our thing. <laughs> We've seen drivers, though, that don't have that necessarily result in Bandolero, that once they move up, they, they get results, and it showed in the street stock. You ended up going to victory lane. You had some really good finishes in that street stock. What do you remember about those street stock days? I love street stock. It was so much fun. They're just very like unpredictable. Like every lap, they feel a little bit different. I don't know if that will make any sense, but it's just a great time and a great group of people. And yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. I think everybody should 
race the street dog if they ever get the chance. What's it like racing with, with guys like Rick Cashel and Roger Slocum and those, those older guys that, you know, know a thing or two and then yourself and, and Courtney and Peter Martin and those, those kids from Bandoleros moving up into street stocks. How cool was it to have that new guard race against those guys that have been there for a while? Yeah. I mean, me and Ricky had a great time in street stock. Um, I've known Ricky since I was a baby. Um, we have a picture of me at one of the like fan or no, sorry. When they used to do like, they'd take the kids out onto the racetrack and do a lap and an intermission. Um, we have a picture. I'm like about six and I went with him and that was always funny. Like once we started racing together, um, me and Ricky have a lot of great memories. Um, I was once a ramp to Ricky um, and we go on viral. I don't want to say viral, but that picture comes up a lot on Facebook <laughs> of me and Ricky and he signed a copy and gave it to me. He used it for like his fan day pictures one time and passed it out. And then he signed one for me. Love Rick. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. It was a great time racing with Courtney too. Um, and Peter Martin and all those people you mentioned and Roger Slocum. Roger Slocum's a great person. Um, yeah, it was all it was a great time. <laughs> And then you move to late model sportsmen. And, and that is a division that has grown in leaps and bounds. It's kind of come back a little bit in car count the last couple of years. But uh, to move from a Bandolero to a street stock to a sportsman, how was that progression driver-wise? How much did you have to learn from a Bandolero up to a street stock and then from a street stock up to a sportsman? Um, from a Bandolero to a street stock, I don't necessarily remember. Um, I mean, obviously, Bandoleros, you mostly keep your foot on the gas the whole way around the track and then street stocks are a little bit different they're a little bit harder to stop obviously they're a fair bit larger um the transition from street stock to sportsman the big thing I struggle with is like throttle control that you can't come out of the corner and just like get on the gas just as hard as you want to and things like that because there's just more power and things and you can't um and that's still still something I'm working on trying to get better at so those night races are cooler than these daytime races that we have at two o'clock, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, we are live and interactive. I still see some comments rolling in. Dylan Langell, get busy. What do you got? Well, I can see that the, the Tuckers are watching. We already mentioned that. And, <laughs> and Destiny, you're kind of with racing royalty, I would say, in New Brunswick. The Tucker name, very well known with Sean, of course. How does that feel that you're essentially part of that group? Um, I mean, it's, it's fun. The Sean just kind of lets us do like, he, I don't know how to say it. He lets us do our own thing for the most part. If he has some, some advice, he'll eventually key in, but for the most part, he doesn't, doesn't give us, or me personally, he doesn't really critique me too much. He usually tells me I'm too much of a gentleman. I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's good. I'm, we all have a lot of different stories and I love hearing their stories. And I, I, I spend a lot of time like hanging out with them at the shop. A lot of what they said says goes over my head. I try to follow them a little bit, but you know. <laughs> Jordan Vino is still watching. You, you've had the chance to race against him. And he's wrote that you need to get down to Scotia one time to play. Have you dabbled in Nova Scotia racing at all? Or is this completely something new potentially? I haven't. Um, I would like to do that. Me and my dad have had a deal for a couple of years now. And I don't think I'm ever going to get there. That I would love to go down like any Ganesh IWK weekend. Um, and the deal is that once I win 
three feature races that will get there, but I mean. I thought it was not, one. There's not much. <laughs> I thought it was one at one point. What happened to three? <laughs> was it one? Maybe he went one. down to one and I was back to three. I don't know. I know it was, I think it started out as. You'll renegotiate that with him, right? I'll have to renegotiate. I think at one point he brought it down to like, you know what, if you just finish on the podium three times. <laughs> but I, I don't know what it is anymore, but maybe maybe someday. Dylan, do you got anything else over there? Well, I see Barry Richard still watching and Destiny, have you dabbled in some Miramichi racing? And another question with this, sportsman racing up there. A lot of drivers seem in favor to maybe bring their sportsman car up there. What about you? Um, I raced Miramichi when I had a Bandolero and a Street Stock. Um, I don't. Uh, I would like to be open to going there in a sportsman. I Yeah, I would have no problem. We like to go everywhere, <laughs> so... Yeah, I would love to go to Miramichi someday, and I'd love to go to Scotia someday, and Annie Ganesh if I ever, if I ever make it. <laughs> now, the, the other half to this, and, and I know you and Dustin are friends with Jeffrey Breen, so if Jeffrey Breen comes to Fredericton, you guys have to go to Annie Ganesh, right? Is that the way it works? Is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing, but... It's a, it's a thing now? I don't know. I don't know, but we do, um, we, we usually help Jeffrey. I mean, I try to help Jeffrey, um, IWK weekend and we usually have a lot of fun. I, I, I usually get injured when I try to be on a pit crew, as you know, I'm much safer trapped in the car. Um, <laughs> but we have a lot of fun helping Jeffrey on IWK weekend. I have the lug nut burn on my knee to prove it. It's a great time. Wasn't there a thing at Scotia? Because I remember Brad Mann calling the pit stop, and I think you were helping Sarah, right? <laughs> there, there might have been a thing at Scotia. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll just leave that as it is. Uh, Fine. <laughs> look, look, like I said, safer strap in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. I'm sure Sarah will tell the story, but she's not here, so she can't defend herself. Uh, can't. Let's, let's look back to that opener, because Dustin got back in the race car for the first time in a couple of years, and uh, he had a really good run in that pro stock for being out of the seat for, you know, a couple of seasons, but you got a second place run. So has there been any sort of like back and forth that the, the best 52 car is, was the sportsman car on the, the first day? No, we really haven't. We haven't done that. Um, I mean, if my car goes good, it, he's a big part of that. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be like that. We usually have a deal that the loser buys the post-race McDonald's. We used to have that when we first started dating, but obviously our finances are one now. So that doesn't really work anymore, but we'll have to come up with something. You're right. Uh, we are live in, we're live and interactive. Drop us a question. Drop us a comment. Denver, what do you got for Destiny Ankle? Well, Destiny, I know you got to, uh, make a couple trips up to Petty Raceway over the years. We've talked about Miramichi some, but uh, what do you think of Petty Raceway? And uh, are you looking forward to possibly getting back there in 2021? Yeah, I love Petty. Um, I would I would dare say that's my favorite track, and we are looking forward to getting back there. Um, it, yeah, hopefully we're allowed to go and go with fans and stuff soon, and then, and then we'll definitely make our way up there. I don't know when our first race we plan on going there is, but if there's anything sooner that we get the green and we can, then we're definitely going to try to get up there for sure as much as possible. 
So my next question, it maybe isn't so great of a memory, but a few years ago, and I don't remember if it was 18 or 19 okay. at Speed Weekend, um, there was a little incident that happened down the backstretch. And uh, how did that end up for you? Because I remember it wasn't, uh, wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. Uh, we had to reclip my car. Um, it needed a lot of work in the off season, but we got it done. Then <laughs> and then it, yeah, we're getting it figured back out now. But no, that was it was quite the event. <laughs> but luckily, everybody was okay, and yeah. If I remember correctly, did did you guys get that car fixed so fast that you had it for the Mike Stevens race about two or three weeks later? Wait, sure. Um, yeah, I think it was two weeks later. Um, we probably shouldn't have tried. We were just determined to <laughs> to do it. Um, and I, it was funny because right after that wreck, Wayne came over and was talking to my dad and was like, hey, are you guys coming to the Mike Stevens race? And my dad's like, Wayne. <laughs> Anyways, and, uh, and we're like, and he's like, well, I really like having you on my racetrack. And we're like, well, we're going to try, Wayne. Like, we're going to try our best. And um, and we 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 did we did attempt to go there and then we took the car out for practice and it 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 wasn't good so we we just parked it and yeah and then then we found out it, it did definitely need to be reclipped and all sorts of other things so so no we didn't make it to the race but we we did try <laughs> so i want to not to put pressure on you i guess but to ask about the points you know you said you're just gonna kind of go to the track and let things happen but at the end of the summer if there's a points championship trophy with your name on it uh how would that feel? How would you celebrate that? There, there's a lot of big names that have won a, a championship at 660 over the years. Yeah, that would be great. Um, it's been, I mean, it's been a long time since I've even won a race, <laughs> let alone been in any kind of contention for a championship. So that that would be cool for sure. Um, yeah, hopefully we can get our season restarted and go from there. It would be great to see the list of people who have won it. That would be great. Dylan, I think there's a couple questions for Destiny coming in. What do you got over there? <laughs> well, Randy Titus just oh, wrote. No. Can, he wrote, can dad put you in a four cylinder for the gunslinger this year? Oh, I mean, can dad put me in a four cylinder? I have a four cylinder that I know of. I mean, just on marketplace, like, who knows? <laughs> Was that you, the question? Yeah, you you could be a pay driver maybe and buy your way a new car. Oh. oh, I mean, I don't know. I would potentially be open to something like that. It, I mean, I've never drove before, so I don't know how much I. So have. is Randy is, <laughs> is Randy offering his car? I, I guess that's the next question, right? Maybe. Well, by the tone, it, he wrote, can dad put you in a four-cylinder, you know? It's an open-ended question oh, there. I thought it was going to be a dad. So, I, I <laughs> Tell Randy we'll talk about this over a bonfire someday. <laughs> so, be, before we get to the other questions on there, Dylan, I want to ask, is Ron interested in hopping in a four-cylinder car? Because I think that'd be kind of neat. My dad, yeah. he really wants an AOW car. He really wants an AOW car. And I don't know if he wants it just to have it, like his collection of lawnmowers. Have you seen the moped he bought? 
Yeah. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's, he, he seems to want an AW car. I don't, I don't, don't know what his plans are for the AW car, but he wants one. So yeah, he sometimes talks about jumping into a car. Um, I, I kind of think he's a talk, but you know, maybe someday. <laughs> so for those that have an Atlantic modified tour car, contact Destiny. I'm sure we can get that no, thing sold. No, well, just, just no. <laughs> not, not not to put words in, in Ron's mouth, but just just in case, you know, if you have one sitting around. We've yeah. got a conversation now going on about a four-cylinder car over there, do we, Dylan? Yeah, we, we, we sparked the fire, but then it was extinguished pretty darn quick. Uh, Daniel Teo wrote, I heard you're driving the 75 in the, glun, the Gunslinger. And then Randy wrote right after, I would like to run my own. But then he wrote that maybe there could be a few available. So, hey, we got a really great sportsman driver here. So, come on. I mean, we got pay drivers and former the one in NASCAR. I'm sure we can get one with a good sponsor and a Gunslinger race. Now, Ricky said when he got into one, it was fun, but never again. So, have you have you driven a four cylinder car even for a test or anything, Destiny? No, never. Okay, so just just. <laughs> I don't really listen. don't think I'm the man. Just don't listen. To yeah, I really don't think I'm the man. But. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure they're a blast. So we're live and interactive. Drop us a question. Drop us a comment. We've got Destiny Ankle for a few more moments. So. Looking forward to this season. We mentioned the stuff at 660. You know, they got the firecracker. You got Speed Weekend. Uh, is there anything else outside of 660 that you're looking forward to? Because I know you mentioned those petty races. You know, maybe if COVID happens and we can convince Ron to go across the border and maybe to Nova Scotia. Is there anything you're looking forward to this year outside of maybe 660? Um, I'm definitely looking forward to the Mike Stevens race and any race that we happen to do in petty. Um had a really good car in Shediac last year um and I kind of really really messed up a race there so I'm looking forward to getting back there and seeing what we can do there with those big car counts that they had at Petty last year I I know some of the results weren't what you wanted to but uh how cool was it to race with 25 26 upwards of 30 cars in that Mike Stevens race from you know cars from all over New Brunswick and Nova Scotia no, that's great, and it's it's really awesome to see. Um, it's very exciting. Um, it, I mean, it's always when you get 30 sportsman cars together, it's always a little bit dicey because we're usually used to running, like, like 10 or so at our weekly races, and then you throw us all together. But, no, it's great. Um, it's exciting. I love to see that. I love big races and high car count. With the – there's no fire extinguishers being thrown, so I guess it's a good night, but let's look forward uh, – to Speedway 660, mention championship, mention the, uh, all those other ones. The Ricky Bobby race is one of those races that all those guys that guys and gals that move up from street stock say they want to go back to. If you had yeah. a car offered, would you go back to the Ricky Bobby race and do that? I would love to do that. That would be awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> is there, is there any other street stock race or you'd like to go back and kind of check the, check the list off to, to get up there, get a podium, win a race? Um, no, not necessarily, but, um, I raced, I had the opportunity to race the, um, and I, I should know the name of this, but I don't remember what it was called. The big street stock race they had in PEI that time. I think it was just a street stock showdown. Um, that was a great experience. I loved PEI. I would love to go back there. Obviously they don't, we, we don't race late models there. Um, so I mean, 
Let's love to see that again. <laughs> but they do do pro stocks over there. So I, we haven't asked the question yet. If a pro stock lands in, in your front lawn and there has been some pro stocks around with that Tucker camp, would you take the opportunity to hop up? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not right at the moment, at least. I guess that's a quick answer. I, I guess we'll go with that. Denver, what else do you got over there? I see the wheels turning. <laughs> so... Tim, you just said if a pro stock was to land, but uh, is Dustin and Sean going to ever let you run theirs? I, I, I'm not really interested. I think I'm okay. <laughs> so you're content to run but, sportsman? And... Yeah, I'm good for now. I'm happy here. Um, I mean, Dustin has driven. He drove both my street stock and my sportsman, so I should bug him a little bit and see if I can get him to agree. But no, I'm not. I don't really want to. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, so I know we kind of mentioned this earlier. Uh, you kind of alluded that uh, Dustin figured some things out before going to Shediac last year. Um, you had a pretty good run that day if I, I wasn't there, but uh, tell us a little bit about that performance. Oh, so the first race, the long race, uh, or sorry, I, sh I think it was a hundred lapper. Um, we had a really good car. Um, and then I think we were up to like third or fourth I want to say and the gas pedal broke off going, going into three and four so, anyways, so we we came in and I jumped out and Dustin dove in and fixed it and anyways I got back in and we were actually a lap down but we raced our way back to fourth so that was cool but fourth was like the highest because we were still a lap down but um but yeah that was a lot of fun and then the next time, the next day, they had a 50 lap for the next day. And I was leading at like, I don't know, quite a ways through it. And I might have hit the clutch instead of the brake pedal. And, spun out on my own. <laughs> and Dustin reminds me of that every single day. <laughs> That's okay. Things happen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> still hurts a little bit, but it's fine. Okay, I want to debug the myth because I know Wade the last couple of years, prior to us correcting him last year, you're not from Musquash. I am not from Musquash. Um, I lived in Mesa's Bay when I was like two or three for like a year, um, which is like close. Like you could call that Musquash, but no, I'm, I'm not. I haven't spent a great deal of time there by any means. I don't really know where that came from. Well, the fire department's on the car, right? Yeah, I think that's probably why. No, I'm not necessarily <laughs> from there. We kind so, of. Um, so we've got some nickname stuff to take care of now, and I'm sure chat can help us a little bit because you were from St. John, and Jesse coined you the Port City Princess, and that kind of stuck. Yeah. And and then you moved to Royal Road, and you know that kind of still sticks. Princess Royal Road, sort of deal. Darling's Island. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, what do, what do we do? I really, I, I have nothing. I have no idea. <laughs> it's all on you. No, I, At least I'm closer to St. John now. I always thought it was really funny when they would say the Port City Princess from Fredericton. And I was like, well, I don't think anybody's going to get it. But, but So we don't want to go back to that name, but I guess we absolutely have to. We could. But I know Chad, I'm sure, can help us out. And I know there's going to be people watching afterwards. So uh, if you have any ideas for, for nicknames with, with Darling's Island involved, drop them down there. I'll, I'm sure Denver and Wade can probably have that conversation on Sunday as well. Right, Denver? 
Why is this being thrown on my shoulders, Tim? You're going to be sitting beside Wade. I'm not allowed in the province. <laughs> uh, this is, I'll let Wade take care of this one. I think Wade's pretty creative. Oh. <laughs> so, does Wade realize I moved? <laughs> that's, that's part of the fun. He does, because I corrected him for the first week. Now, that okay. might change for week two, but I corrected him for the first week. Okay. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you have an idea... If you're on Facebook, you're watching us, drop us an idea for for what could potentially be a new nickname for driver number 52. We'll Darling Bay one. Destroyer. The what? What? Darling Bay Destroyer. Is that what you said? Or was I half listening? Darling's Island. Darling's Island Destroyer. Close enough. Says the guy. Oh, sorry, that, that, that's, what she does. that's what she does a demo race. I'm sorry. Says the guy that has demo and dazzling as his nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> okay so he's, he's obviously fired there we uh, go tim dazzling <laughs> darling's island destiny wow that's long that's, that's gimmick and, that's gimmick <laughs> infringement that's a tongue twist infringement we're gonna have to get her a red coat and everything i mean the wardrobe budget's gonna go up through the roof yeah <laughs> give her a van that doesn't work you know okay so here's the question would you ever go into a, a miramichi demolition Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, so I've so, never even watched one. Are they, are they quite intense? Ooh. <laughs> Maybe I'll go. I'll go watch one and then I'll get back to you. Give her VIP to the trailer race on the nineteenth. Yeah, p- potentially. And they have a figure. I'm not allowed. Eight, to talk. Figure eight trailer race on May 9th or uh, oh, June nineteenth. No, ask my dad if I'm allowed to tow a trailer. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you don't have to go in the figure eight trailer race. There is a powder puff race. So you could go in that. I mean, okay. there, we somebody needs to beat Sam Jardine because she seems to be the one that wins Tim. every single week. What? M- Monique Benoit beat Sam Jardine. Uh, that was once, right? And Sam also got beat in March. Yeah, okay, so twice. She got beat twice last year by Amber Sickles. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, somebody needs to stop the streak. Um, so it, it may as well be you. And, and plus, I'm sure Barry would, would find you a car from Aaron Machine, right? So if, if you or had a mom, day- not in the marketplace. <laughs> okay. So the next well, question we'll leave, because we, we just had this with Travis. You and Ron line up side by side in a race, equally prepared race cars. Who wins? I mean, I don't think either of us would make it to the finish line. I feel like Ron would wreck me. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I'd like to say me. So if you give him a head start, you have the strategy game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with me. I'm just going to bet on myself. Okay, that, that makes sense. Uh, marketing partners on the side of the race car. We mentioned the, the fire department. Who, who else is on the race car this year? Who do you got that, that's hopped on board uh, for 2021? Yeah, so we have Musquash Fire Department, we have Hunter's High Tech Auto, Pave All, um, we have Ankle Tracking, and A Plus Beauty. Um, I, think I think I got it all. <laughs> okay, so what about the crew? Because you said there are some that are a little older in age. <laughs> so yeah, um, we have obviously my dad, and we have Bim that helps us. Um, and my grandfather, Bill, and my nephews are 
they're in the garage every night. <laughs> so we'll count them. Um, that's Colton. He's he's there all the time. Um, and Dustin. And yeah. Dylan, is there any final thoughts from social before we cut Destiny loose tonight? Well, Chef Will from Valley Raceway is watching and gave you some words of encouragement, uh, Destiny. And I, I, I want to ask this question as well, because the, the female racers we've had on the show, um, it, it's so cool to see more girls getting into racing. What would you say to a girl who's thinking, well, it's a boy's sport. How can I get into it? What are some words of encouragement you could offer a young lady who wants to get into racing? Um, I mean, kind of answer your question. <laughs> last when we raced last at Speedway 660, there was a, a little girl who her parents came over to talk to me, and she was probably, I would say, like two, no older than three. Her name was Annabelle, and her parents told me that she sleeps with a steering wheel every night because she wants to be a race car driver when she grows up. <laughs> and I think that is awesome. And, um, and that kind of um, stuck with me because I think, like, wow, she's two years old, and and it's not like, can I do this? It's like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Jason Pickles wrote, Tim, Demolition Destiny sounds like a good nickname. But she's racing late model sportsman cars. Yeah, we, we don't want Demolition. That, that's, that's a lot of money. How about, how about Dominating Destiny? Hmm? Dominate? That sounds like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> if the points continue the way they are, then, then potentially, right? I mean, Alex is technically winning. I'm still going to go well, with Well, te technically, they haven't fixed the heat race from two no. weeks ago. But if it ended right now, it, Alex won the race, so she'd get it. So I think we can just call Alex the points leader. But tiebreakers on race one don't count. I get off my back. <laughs> so so for those that, that are on the fence about coming to Speedway 660 on Sunday or coming to the next race at Speedway 660, why should they come out? and watch a race in the Gary Woods, and why should they cheer for the 52 car? Um, they should definitely come out and watch a race because it's very exciting and fun, um, and it's great to be around, I mean, socially distanced, but be around people nowadays. Um, why should they cheer for the 52 car? I don't, I don't know. There's little kids, I have Paw Patrols on my car. They like the Paw Patrols. <laughs> so do you, do you know all the names of the Paw Patrols? I... No, I think they come up with new ones every day. I feel like I just get them and then all of a sudden they're like gone. I know like Marshall, cause he's like the firefighter. Um, Sky is the, the pink one for lack of a better. Um, I think Rumble is one. Chase is obviously Chase. Um, I think there's an Everest. That's all I got. <laughs> I think you name more than I think me, Denver, Dylan, and Paul could do combined. Perfect. So you're do, you're doing really better can... than us. <laughs> Is the theme song burned into your brain? No. No, I honestly don't even know if I've ever watched a full episode. <laughs> I know, like, the chase is on the case part, but that's, that's all I know. How did we get to this topic, Tim? If you win <laughs> on Sunday, I want you to ask Wade if he knows the Paw Patrols. I will do that for sure. Excellent. Uh, and I will ask him if he wants some organic cheddar ducks too. Okay, can we tell that story before we go? That was a couple of years ago. And was it Kids Day or, or Fan Appreciation Day you were giving away? Was it like the Kirkland Costco yeah. brand? Like they, they looked like goldfish, but they goldfish. were 
They were organic or, cheddar ducks is what they were called. Yeah, I'm sure they tasted exactly like goldfish. I'm sure they were great. But when you asked people if they wanted some organic cheddar ducks, they were very confident. Like, no. <laughs> well, Wade is vegan and Wade said no. Yeah, Wade said no. Yeah. We thought, I remember talking to you and I was like, who's going to take the organic cheddar ducks? And you're like, well, well, Wade's into that stuff. And no, he even turned out my organic cheddar ducks. Well, maybe you can ask Maybe you can ask him in, in, in Victory Lane or on the podium interview on, on Sunday for us, right? Yeah, I think Luke was beside me and he was handing out Play-Doh or something. I didn't stand a chance. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess up the game. Once this COVID deal gets out of the way, we can worry about yeah. it, right? Yeah, we'll have to see what we can do. This has been a blast, Destiny. Thanks for joining us and uh, good luck coming up on Sunday at uh, the Kids' Day. Thank you. Okay, Denver, Dylan, it's time to talk fantasy points. And uh, Dylan, you were on top last week. What happened? Uh, Mark Best did, didn't happen for me, I guess. Sorry, Mark. Uh, just saying, just the results. But uh, hey, I thought I was going to be well on top with uh, with Travis getting the big win. But, you know, stuff can happen in racing. Oh. And uh, Sarah Thorne got a big win in Eastbound last weekend, which oh. kind of messed up the points. Yeah, congratulations to Sarah Thorne, by the way. First female driver to win a sports race at, uh, at Eastbound Park. Uh, Brittany Hoyt actually picked Sarah. So she moves up a little bit. I'm running on three consecutive second place finishes. Uh, Denver, you're right behind. You're not doing too bad this year. No, not doing too bad, Tim. Uh, what do I have? I think I have a third, a second and a third. So yeah. I'll take that. You know, it's still a long season, but look at, look at the uh, top three separated by like what? Six points. And, and then look at the bottom three. And it's the Halifax point system we're running. So it's two points per position on down 100 for a win. So the top three are looking good. Brittany's kind of pulled away. We are going back to the sharpshooter race that we had picked two weeks ago, per se. Uh, is that Meredith? That's Meredith. She sounds angry. <laughs> she sat, yeah. She flip, is angry. Flip the screen. I'm frustrated. I'm getting talked about. Meredith, this is a live show. This is what happens. She's, this is, she's, this is, yeah. She said, and I quote, I like picking underdogs. Okay, so flip the screen. We'll see what she picked for uh, for Sunday's uh, sharpshooter race. And we're going to see, uh, you know what, Denver? I think you have the underdog for this. I do. I uh, potentially have the underdog. I mean, Randy Titus, I wouldn't say is an underdog. but No, uh, by, by no means. But no, by no means. But uh, yeah, Brandon Young, I, I picked him a couple weeks ago. And, and COVID won. Or I, I shouldn't say COVID, the government won. Um, hopefully this weekend it's we get to see some racing but uh yeah brandon young had the fastest lap times at the review for lincoln season opener and when you are fast it's only a matter of time before you win so uh brandon young is going to give me the points lead when did they ever pay to win practice listen it's got to translate into results eventually i've got bj gillespie Brittany has technically bj gillespie she's got a bucket (laughs) Uh, Meredith has Randy Titus. I like that pick. Dylan, I like your pick too. Matt Martin, I think is going to be strong. I think so. To kind of echo what I said a few weeks ago before the race got uh, kiboshed by the government. I feel, I feel, I feel strong about him. Uh, you know, he did a little street stock racing last year, had a strong run a few weeks ago or a thousand years ago, whenever the last race was at 660. I think he's going to come out strong here in that 33 teal machine. And for the fans, they can head starting tomorrow to timscorner.ca slash fantasy picks. And you can make your pick on who's going to win the race. Everybody that makes the right pick is going to go into a draw at the end of the season. We're going to make a draw for something. I haven't talked to Keith McIntosh, but I'm sure there's going to be some St. Louis Bar and Grill stuff in there. There'll be some Tim's Corner swag. There'll be something in that season-ending prize pack. And if the fans win, they get 
a trophy or belt or whatever we're doing for the, for the year and trophy. So uh, timscorner.ca slash fantasy picks uh, to make your pick starting tomorrow for the Frederick and Gunshot Sharpshooters race at Speedway 660 coming up on Sunday. I'm excited for this next guest. This, this is going to be fun driver of the, well, one of those legend cars in the, in the background of them uh, working with Cy with the hot rods, uh, former race director on the Maritime Pro Stock Tour, raced about everything in his career. Danny Harvey, welcome to Tim's Corner Live. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. So how's your winter been? Um, I, you know what? Slow. Uh, this COVID thing is uh, makes it bad with work and uh, trying to get together a bunch of guys to work on race cars. It's been uh, Jeff and myself, and uh, that's pretty much it. Our girlfriends uh, stand around and watch us a little bit. That's about it. Well, it looks like Jeff behind just got some work to do, right? He uh, has the the, the uh, he had the first pick of the hoist, so uh, <laughs> the uh, thirty seven car is pretty much ready. We just got to scale it. So uh, Jeff's car is pretty much ready as well. But we just uh, haven't got at it. We're waiting. Uh, this next phase is uh, supposed to lift, so hopefully we'll get back racing here. But hard to get excited when they close the racetracks and you can't race. So. <clears throat> we got a couple of weeks before we uh, we get to racing, at least here in Nova Scotia. Yeah. I, I want to rack your brain a little bit. Uh, let's go back. We we had these two kids that were just on the show that, you know, started out racing a couple of years ago. When did you get your start in racing? My start in racing? Wow. Wow. 92, 93. I think I, like, I was always scared to get in front of a crowd and and uh, so my very first time ever in front of a crowd was in demolition derby cars at Metro Center. Cy and I and had a bunch of team cars and cleaned up there one weekend. Yeah, it was fun. And after that race car, the very next month. So. I was going to say, not to make you feel old, but the two guests that we just had, I don't think were born in 92, 93. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we, we, we got that covered. Uh, what was the first race car that you had besides the demolition? Uh, would have been uh, hobby stock, a 72 Nova. Yeah, with a zero one on it, and uh, Dustin, size son, and I shared it, and uh, we raced it at Scotia, and, and then I built a, a hobby stock car the very next year. So, and that would have been the years that they still had, you know, alphabet soup for features, right? Uh, yeah, we did. We had a few. We had ninety five cars, I think, when I was racing. But there was times they had their own week through the uh, own day through the week that they raced because they had like a couple hundred cars, right? So, <laughs> a lot of cars. <laughs> I'm looking over on the other side of the screen. We're live and interactive on Facebook. So if you have a question or a comment, be sure to drop it down below. <laughs> I'm going to handle this one. Your, your son wants his welder back. Uh, no, not until the race cars are finished. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to have to come over to his shop to borrow it, right? Well, there's one thing we take the pride in, and that's uh, having lots of bumpers. So uh, we have a bunch of bumpers to repair from years of racing and some new ones to build. And uh, then he can have it back. We need to build up a nice stockpile. We're planning on... Uh, having some competitive racing this year jeff and i together we've wrecked our own bumpers before on each other and it's uh, uh, fun so. i was going to talk about timothy a little bit later on but since he's watching let's blow his head up a little bit how cool is it to have timothy in the shop and and also being at the racetrack helping us on on a friday night uh, next door scoring and doing the lineup and leaderboard and all that fun stuff you know i have a uh, mixed emotions with that being she's watching now uh, uh yeah you always wanted to do things with your son and then when i worked at the racetrack i brought him and uh, my wife at the time into racing and they stayed with it. And uh, I went back driving instead of officiating and uh, 
they stayed doing. That's what I mean. You know what? It's the side that they like. They got a front row seat to, uh, to watch me race. And uh, uh, we have uh, these cars. We don't ever really wreck them that much. We're uh, all good drivers. Or we take pride in that, that we don't wreck all the time. And uh, so you don't need a big crew. Just, uh, But it'd be nice to have him there uh, on the other side sometimes. But uh, he sit, uh, uploads pictures when we win and stuff. And uh, so you know he's watching. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's enjoyable as well. He keeps us honest on a Friday night. I'll tell you that much up in the tower. Uh, uh, you talked about hobby stock. There was a sportsman step in between there too. That, uh, that Jana King car looked pretty sharp the, uh, in the day. It did. Um, I raced that for, uh, I think it was three years. Uh, I don't think I finished. Uh, I think a couple of years, it was like fifth in points, uh, two years in a row, one rookie of the year with it. Um, it, uh, I enjoyed that. It was, um, I, of all the racing I'd like to do again, and it'd be sportsman car, I think, after we're done with all, all the legend cars and stuff. And the Hot Rod Classics are fun now, so, I mean, I'd like to get in one of – Cy has two of them, so I'll probably get to run one of them uh, this year coming, so when we go to Petty and stuff. So, um, yeah, the sportsman car was fun. But I raced a legend car for one year back in um, 2000 with uh, Bruce uh, from Janet King. I raced his actual legend car, so – um, and then I, I stepped out of that. I finished, uh, I won uh, second in points rookie of the year in that legend car, first time ever in, in one of them. And, uh, then I stepped away for like a bunch of years before I went back here about eight years ago, racing legend cars again. So. You've raced those legend cars for a while though. Like, you had that little break in between, but how much has a legend car changed since the early 2000s to 2021? Uh, I don't, not at all to- drive them i mean you have to be on the edge of motor control all the time if you want to be fast i mean you can go out and have fun with them uh, plenty of people do but when you want to be competitive you've got to be right on the edge of wondering whether it's going to stick turn break like and if you're not you're not going to be competitive you've got to they're they're tricky to drive they're you got to be on top of the wheel for sure i, I know Cy wasn't quite sure what to think of that fz09 motor when it came out but what what's what's your thought on the motor and what's your thought on these uh, brand new hoosier tires that we got well i'll tell you i um i worry a little bit i mean uh, i've uh, i've lost a few pounds so i mean i'm, I'm a little lighter this year for uh, getting in them but i last year when uh, they first came out i think jesus my weight three-cylinder motor not sure it'll even pull me up off the corner so <laughs> and, and i actually haven't tried one so i'd like to try one just to see what they're like but uh I don't know. I like the 1250 power and um, to spend the kind of money that uh, legend cars want for you to go uh, to that FZ09 motor. Um, I don't think uh, the money you have to spend until all these 1200s or 1250s, we have all blow up and we have none left. I think we'll stay with them. So until at least the, the other motor, they're having some troubles with them. And here are some horror stories and we just don't want to get down that road and pay thousands of dollars to convert when we got lots of other motors. We are live and interactive here this evening. Be sure to drop us a comment or a question for Danny Harvey, and uh, we'll, we'll get it to him. Uh, Dylan, I know you probably got a couple of questions about the hot rods that he mentioned. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, Danny. Well, it's good to see you, and it's exciting yes. to hear that you're. It's exciting to hear that you're thinking about getting behind the wheel and, and joining the Hot Rod Classics. And we're seeing on social media so many guys dabbling in, uh, young and old, we'll call it. How exciting is it to see the Hot Rod Classics grow to what it's become and what it could potentially become this season if we get running soon? You know what? Um, uh, you, you watch a lot of stuff on Facebook and uh, see people build cars, and it's exciting to see everybody have that excitement to get into a new class because you always worry uh, when a new class starts. Um, uh, are, is there going to be any cars? Are we going to have a class to race? Are we going to uh, be able to put on a show? And that's, I, I think, 
it's it's a challenge with all the classes that cars around in the, around the Maritimes to start a new class and have it have the excitement that uh, Patty Lawrence and them guys have uh, created with the hot rod classics and um, you just worry sometimes about getting uh, out in left field as far as what the class was designed for and it was to take some old pro stock cars put some bodies on them go race and have some fun uh, when you see guys building some of the cars they're building like wow a lot of money just to go have a little bit of fun and uh, and it's like every classic car the money starts people start throwing money at it and the guy that can grab the old car out of the garage in the back corner that's been sitting there archived because it's outdated doesn't even bother building that anymore because the other cars have uh, sort of priced them out of the game sort of thing right so um, that's what I worry about with that class so and any class for that matter it happens like it happens with every class. Like you, they get so old and the, the becomes a money sport and not no longer a fun sport. Like your four cylinder cars and your like all that sort of stuff, right? Like it, um, I don't know. That's just my own perspective. I mean, there's, but that that's how I see the hot rod classic. Is there's just a lot of nice new, newer chassis, newer stuff being built versus the old uh, ones I built. If everybody like the forty nine car was uh, a Phil Barcoach car with the 99 way back when Phil Barcoach raced. That car is old. Roger Miller raced it. Like, Cy raced it. It's like that thing's got more laps on it than most of the cars on the track, right? So, with, um, and a lot of wrecks and a lot of smashes. And that, and that was the purpose of that classic, uh, Hot Rod Classic, was to do that. And that that's just my thought. So, so, what's the other car that you and Cy and the crew have been working on? We've seen different um, photos, but what exactly yeah. is in that car? That car, um, just to give some history on it, the crate motor that's in that car uh, was one of the very first crate motors when Pro Stock went crate and Wayne Smith brought it into the series. So that motor, to give you that, like, so way back when the crate motors came, that is the original motor that Wayne Smith had. So it's got a lot of laps and uh, it's old and uh, it was in the 49 car when Haas raced it and won Rookie of the Year with it. So that motor's... It's uh, had a lot of other people, like the different uh, drivers racing it. And uh, it's the chassis itself is the old 94 car that uh, Russell Smith Jr. ran. Uh, we bought it from uh, Randy Jollymore and um, and uh, put the, Frank put the body on it for Cy. And uh, we put the motor and everything in it and got it all geared up. And it's uh, ready to go. Um, once these legend cars are done, I'm bringing it over and getting it geared up and uh, for Cy. And we're going to make sure nothing's falling off it and scale it and set it up. One more question before we throw back to Tim in Denver. So last year, uh, Danny, I mean, everything was up in the air, kind of like this year with COVID. We got, got the audible that we were going hot rod racing earlier and at Petty during the River Glade weekend. You know, what were your and size expectations with that series? We weren't sure how many cars were going to be showing up. And I mean, Cy and Patrick Horn put on a show towards the end there for the fans. Uh, they did. And, uh, uh, Cy could attest to this, and uh, he would. Uh, um, he doesn't care if it's lawnmowers; he's going to race it. He'll um, he'll 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 get in anything and race it. So five cars, three cars, as long as it's a race, he's having fun, smiling, and making laps. I mean, I've seen him. We rent the racetrack, and him just go out, not race one year, and we just run laps in that pro stock car. And as long as he get in and could make some laps, he was happy. And uh, when he's happy, I'm happy. And uh, 
that's why I do it. I like to help them and uh, ensure that nothing's falling off that car or any of the cars we drive for that matter. And uh, we want to make sure they're safe first because we're just there to have fun. Like it, uh, we finish second, we finish first, we finish last. It doesn't matter. We're just running laps. And uh, like uh, when you're in them race cars, no telephones ringing. You don't have to talk to nobody, right? It's awesome. Yeah, I think I saw the grin on his face there, Tim, the entire time he was going around Petty that first race. Yeah, um, all you can see is teeth, right? <laughs> I, I want to ask you about that that phone thing and kind of transition into the youth, because Saya told me before that this legend division now the last couple of years, it's like racing with his grandkids. What if, what do you feel like when you're you're out there racing with those, you know, the Corey Halls, the Nicholas Noggles, the Braden Langels, and uh, you and you and Jeff are out there trying to trying to get to the front at the same time? Well, yeah, you know, it, uh, it's a challenge. I mean, it's, um, it's like every class of car. If you're going to win every week, it's boring. It's not fun anymore. You'll get the guys that move on to another class because they're winning and they know they can get in a car at any time and win. It's like Corey Hall could get in a car at any time and win with it. And he had to move on to another class because it wasn't fun anymore, right? I would just assume be mediocre uh, and not that can, uh, that good, we'll put it that way, um, to where I can just be race for a different position every week and have fun. Uh, if I won every week, I wouldn't have fun. And right now I'm having fun. I don't mind finishing back or at the back. I don't, I, the, uh, one line I always used to use, I finished last way more times than I ever finished first and I'm still okay. I'm still alive. It's, it's great. Um, and I think that's the big thing with some of these kids. They don't know what it's like to lose. They've, and I've said this before, I think, Tim, in interviews on the front stretch when we I've wandered in there with you interviewing me is they just like just have fun, like to go out and race these cars and be so competitive that you come in and set yourself in the trailer and you're mad because you didn't win because you spun yourself out or somebody run into you. Like, just be thankful you're able to you're on the right side of the side and you're being able to do something you love doing. So um, stop taking it so competitive like and just enjoy the moment and uh, and run your laps right so and i know those i know those wins are enjoyable and i know you got a couple in, the, in those legend cars uh what sticks out to you as memorable wins in your racing career uh the best one well i wouldn't say it was the best one but uh i was racing i was running third behind uh Cy and uh, ian mullins uh, at scotia and uh, i was watching I mean, and so I had always taught me, like, sometimes just back up a little bit. When you see somebody racing hard, uh, something might happen. If you're going to finish third, you're going to finish third. But if something may happen, you may end up with a win. If you're too close, you may get tangled in it. So I was watching them. I backed up a little bit as much as I dare because there's guys coming behind you, right? And the next thing I know, I watched Cy and Ian Mullins go down through the infield of Scotia Speed World on the white flag, and I come around and won the race. So that was probably the the one of the lessons from Cy that won me my race because normally I'd be right there in it and we might have been three of us down through the infield. Right? So that was the one. And then there was one, I remember uh, one night, I, I, it's uh, this Jeff Crookshanks and then probably don't like hearing about it, but the night that Jeff and uh, his nephew was uh, get into it on the, in the turn, I won that turn night. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I posted a picture of us winning saying I went to a race, uh, went to a fight and won a race, right? So, but uh, sorry, Jeff, if you're listening. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, them are just the memorable ones. Like you, you remember all, all that stuff, right? So, and, and I know we've, memory, so. we've had some memorable nights at the racetrack. Were, weren't you a part of the wedding that, that Darren had a couple of years ago? Uh, I wasn't 
part of, but I was there. Yeah. Is there anything else memorable from, from outside the racetrack that you remember that we can, we can tell? Oh, outside, I, you know what I had, uh, um, when we were, when I was race director and Tim, we spent a lot of time up and down the road together. We probably spent more time, all of us together than we did with family a lot of the times. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, there was a lot of rain out nights in uh, Prince Edward Island. Where we I know where that's fun, going. Right? Do you remember the first time you ever drank? <laughs> I think I, I think I give you your first drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. I think Mark Wilson remembers it a lot more than anybody else does because I think he was sitting right beside me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's as far as I'll take it. But that's, yep. that's memories. And you know what? And we had a it – was, it was a lot of fun. I don't regret any of it. Um, not saying I'll ever go back and ever do it again because, I mean, it's uh, – it was one of them things Ernie Ledwich told me. He said, you can't be race director and be liked. And I tried to be, and he's right. Like you can't, you had to be tough. And, and uh, I made mistakes during it all. Like uh, we're all human. We make mistakes, right? So, um, and some that I'm not proud of and some I'm glad I made the decisions I made. But um, as far as I, but memories, I mean, it's memories and it was all family. Like every bit of the racing that we've done, it was all we all did it together, like to Scotia, to every racetrack. And it's nice. You can walk into a racetrack and everybody knows you. It's a nice feeling to go in and everybody say hi. And, and I mean, that's what it's all about. I know I gave Paul the picture. I'm not sure if he has it loaded, but uh, the trip to North Carolina, I know he sized on a lot of racing down south. Uh, we got to go to North Carolina to the, the last Wilkesboro race. And we got to go to Hendrick and get the, yeah. get the shop tour with Shane uh that was kind of neat is there, is there any other memories that you can uh think of of racing trips maybe down with Cy or, or down down south uh we went uh i raced uh my legend car in charlotte uh with janet King. they towed me to charlotte and uh, uh we were go we went through the uh uh start we went to the start of the number nine to head down we were fueling up at the urban or side pulled into fuel up and we pulled over with our motor home parked off to the side Cy says uh you guys don't have don't need gas. No, Bruce said this thing's easy on gas. And so I was fueling up. And we went all the way through the number nine, and and uh, so we got to the racetrack, and we're sitting in there, and we're having the. Cy has this big chocolate cake in his motorhome, and we're his air conditioning's not working, and our air condition is. So he comes over into the motorhome, and he comes in. And he said, "You know, I raced thirty years. Nobody's ever towed me to Charlotte." <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyway we, we we had fun whether it was 400 and some cars there for winter nationals and like i watch you now when you go down so to these winter nationals and there's 40 50 cars i mean we had 400 some cars we started qualifying at 7 a.m in the morning there was still doing the grass when i qualified because i was number one and i was c so i qualified early and no sun on the track and but uh i qualified good and uh we had a we had a good run till i hit the wall right up over Jeff Gordon pitted, I think, but <laughs> and ripped the wheel off the car. So, <laughs> but it was a like very memorable trip. And then there was our trip to uh, Charlotte. Uh, if you remember going coming to the New York Bridge, do you remember the two levels? And and we did the Days of Thunder move. We had the rental car that they told me it's when you bring it back, we're sending it right to auction. So we went up over the curb, didn't we? The sparks were flying. Ch Chaz almost put us off the road coming coming through the Cobble Pass. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, fog. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was the trip. Like, it, uh, but I mean, I'm glad we did that trip. I mean, Chaz, God rest his soul, he's gone now. And uh, but that was the just before he passed away. That was the year before we went on that road trip. And you know what? I always say things happen for a reason. Well, I think that's why we went on that road trip. And it was to get in uh, uh, Robbie Gordon's shop and through the back door. And that, like, uh, that's just memories that you'll never ever 
things you'll never do again, right? So, so it was fun. Absolutely. We're, we're live and interactive telling stories here this evening with Danny Harvey. Uh, I know the McMillans are watching and they have a car that's quite familiar to you sitting in their shop. Uh, for a young driver that's just moving up into legend cars or a driver that might be looking at that move to legend cars, what kind of advice can you give them on their move? Um, be patient. Uh, don't go out expecting to win the very first time. Get, um, and I'll take one out of Ernie's book because um, I learned a lot from Ernie. Ernie, I looked up to Ernie when we raced and uh, he um, used to just tell you, race the racetrack. Don't race the car in front of you. Race the racetrack. Run your groove. Hit your marks hit your brakes where you need to and race that racetracks. Don't worry about your competitors around you and the rest will take care of itself. Um, with these legend cars, um, it's really, they're tough. Um, and uh, I mean, the, this, these young kids, man, I don't know, like whether it's video games, I never ever played video games. So, but man, they're good. And uh, I have uh, all the confidence in the world that uh, Dylan's going to do well with it. He's a good kid. Um, and I wouldn't have liked to seen it really go to anybody else. They're a family that that's their whole life is around racing and their kids. And uh, Cy and I, and Cy more even so than me, he just enjoys seeing kids take something that he has and doing with it. And uh, I mean, he's put a lot of people in race cars, right? So, um, and we do it. Like, I mean, if I mentioned to sort of Cy that we should put somebody in a car, like, yeah, let them try it, let them try it. And uh, I mean, even back to Haas, like it was like, well, we might as well take it and race it and just sitting there collecting dust and off. We went next thing you know, we raced for a year with it. So, and, uh, but these uh, legend cars and, and Dylan, I give them a little bit of advice just to be patient and just drive the race car, have fun. And it is tough to see that car go, letting me and that car go back a long ways. And, and uh, we won a lot of races and we didn't really wreck a lot. And uh, that, that was a good car. I want to ask you about the pro stock scene and where it's going. Cause obviously you've been the race director before you you've, you've been with Cy, you've been with Haas, you, you've done the pro stock stuff before. What do you think of the direction the East coast international pro stock tour is going and, and that whole division in general? Um, do you know what? I, I wouldn't really want to speculate on where I think it's going. I mean, it's uh COVID's got a lot to do with everything that's happening. Like I, what I said last year when COVID hit and the racing didn't start, um, sometimes when you're not racing, you get to see there's more to life and there's other things you like to do. And you worry that the guys, I mean, your money's always going to be there and the guys with money are always going to race, but the guys that do it for fun realize, you know what? I enjoyed that weekend at the camper and I've met some new friends or I've enjoyed going here now and doing that. So now your class is dwindle because of that. Right. And, uh, and I don't think it has to do with anything to do with the sport or the tour or more so that it's just life now everybody looks at life just a little different i mean myself in general like i mean i don't care if i race every race i just want to get in a car and race some laps but if i decide i want to sit by the swimming pool for the weekend i'm going to sit by the swimming pool and watch you online and, and get some updates that way right like it's it's one of them things where it's not the most important thing we, how can i put this it's not the most important thing that we do every day and i think that was another one out of ernie's books right this is not the most important thing you're going to be doing this week so don't make it so personal. And I think that's what a lot of people have realized. It's just, it's not the most important thing. It's fun, but it's not the most important thing. Family's important. Uh, grandkids, kids, like hanging out with Timothy doing stuff is probably, I'd enjoy that more than going to the racetrack if I had to. Like, so, and I imagine a lot of other people are thinking the same way, right? 
and I'm glad that you keep you you're doing this thing because um, it keeps everybody. I mean, I watch it often, and uh, like it uh, keeps everybody in touch. So you know you're missing it in a roundabout way. So as soon as the track opens up, probably hell with the camp and hell with the pool. We're going racing, right? So, <laughs> but it's easy to sit here now and say that because we can't race, right? But yeah. But here they sat, right? They're taking up the whole shop, right? So, and there'll be there was two other ones in here last week, right? So, absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Denver, what do you got for Danny Harvey? I see the wheels turning over there. Yeah, Danny, I kind of want to throw some questions at you. Um, you know, kind of related to being an official uh, in the past. Uh, you know, I, I can relate to that as as Tim knows, but uh, we are starting to see a trend where you know it's harder and harder to come by to find people to work at, at racetracks, and that's filling all roles from race director all the way down to the broom crew. Um, any advice to try to get people? Um, interested, you know, if there's people out there watching and maybe thinking about, uh, you know, that they want to get involved in racing, why should they maybe look at becoming part of a track crew? Well, you know, without crew, I mean, and I won't even use the word crew, without a team, it's like a race car, right? Um, without a team, I mean, I, I work a lot here in the evenings myself on the car, and if I need a hand, I'll yell into the house or I'll call somebody, a friend to come and give me a lift, right? But um, without a team, if there's nobody, no team at the racetrack, we have no racetrack to go to. If you don't have a flag or you don't have like Tim and you guys doing your announcing and what you do, there's, there's nothing to go to. Right. So it's no different than the race cars. Like if race cars don't show up at the racetrack, there's nothing for officials to do. Um, but what gets officials and I'll throw this out to any drivers that are watching. And later on, if somebody watches this video, um, don't be so hard on the officials that are there. It's hard to get volunteers or because I mean, they don't make enough money to call it for money. It's volunteer and, and in, because you enjoy the sport um, and nothing worse than somebody that enjoys the, the sport, getting into something to think they're helping. And then to have some driver yelling and screaming at them because they're just relaying a message that was sent from their race director or what have you. Right. So, um, so drivers just take it easy on the officials and know that if there is no officials there, we're not going to have a race track to race at and and there that's the i guess right the long and short of it right there's no no way to put icing on top of it but that's it like it's but it's fun to, to officiate it's nerve-wracking but it's fun and gets the adrenaline going i mean tim can tell you him and i have had yells back and forth <laughs> in the tower and, and uh, tim you can't say that on the loudspeaker right so, <laughs> but but it's that sort of thing that uh just the adrenaline gets going and uh, to be part of something is fun and uh so anybody that's wanting to get into officiating, like uh, you wouldn't be disappointed if you didn't get involved in any way. So, so another question I want to ask you is, you know, when uh, the preparation and execution of an event of a big scale, such as an IWK 250 or a uh, 250 at Scotia Speedworld, how would that compare to say a, just a standard racing event? Uh, it's all, it's basically all the same. I mean, uh, I would say a regular weekly race, has more involved than the IWK. Um, and what I mean by that is the IWK is a, um, uh, is a, is a great, it, it's the, the great, our great race, right? So, um, but it's that race alone that's it's so orchestrated and Paul uh, McLean and them had it so orchestrated and timed that it went off really, Tim, every time, hey, without a hitch. And uh, our weekly stuff, because we had so many different classes filling in with us, that you were trying to get that done so you could get on to the next one because you had the big event you had to get in and you're looking at the clouds and 
there's, I think our, the smaller shows were harder to run than that big show. Yeah. And, um, is how I found it anyway, because I race direct the mall. So it, um, I didn't find the IWK hard, but I mean, maybe we had lots of help there as well. Again, the team thing, right? There was more, the whole Riverside now became part of our tour. Whereas when we went to another racetrack, we had our small team and didn't have all that extra help, I guess might be the best way to put it. One more question I want to throw at you before I throw it back to Tim. And you kind of mentioned that buzzword clouds and stuff like that. Uh, from your experience, uh, what was the craziest uh, weather event that you ever had to deal with as race director? Um, that would probably be PEI because it was downpour. We had a tire. There's no window in the tower in Anakinish when I or in PEI when I was the race director. I don't know whether they ever put a window in it or not, but it was wide open and lightning and like thunder and rain. And we're trying to cover the computers with tarps and plastic bags. <laughs> so that, that's the one that sticks with most of the rest. If it rained, right? We were in the tower where it was nice and dry in Anakinish. Scotia, we just looked at it, everybody else looking at them getting wet, right? But <laughs> for us as a like a team, I'd say that's probably the worst, uh, would be the PEI rate dates we had. I, I think Alan Curry and God rest his soul, I think he put some sort of like vinyl or something up there a couple of years ago. And I, I don't think it's still oh, yeah. there, obviously, with the winter, but I he had he had a solution for everything, it seemed. He did, and uh, you know what? I uh, I I miss him so uh uh, it's a soft spot of mine. Him and I spent a lot of time uh, uh, drinking together and uh, running around in that pace car. It's like uh, spinning tires, and yeah, we like, we had a blast. So yeah, it, it, he, he he's definitely missed for sure. And uh, we had a lot of fun up and down the road. And, and you know what? Um, he did a lot for the sport. Like uh, all them vehicles we drove, the van I drove when I was race director was donated by him. Like he did, uh, he did a lot for the sport. So I, I'll, ne I'll never forget what he done, what he did for me whenever I was involved, for sure. So. so let's look forward to this year. Obviously, we'll get this COVID out of the way. Besides, you know, having a couple of cold ones at the racetrack after you're all said and done. What are you looking forward to this year when we get to the racetrack? Uh, I'm looking forward to um, getting in one of them vintage cars or even, you know what, I look forward to every time I take side toe size car to a race. I just look forward to seeing how that class is going to go with the amount of cars they are and hopefully uh um it becomes it stays fun because we had fun last year even with the few cars we had and and everybody it was it brings you back to the legend car days way back when sign the first brought legend cars here everybody was a team and what i mean by that is every car that was there and crew helped everybody and that went to the wayside with legend cars over the years because you, you, you couldn't even walk into somebody else's pit without them hovering over their car thinking you were there looking at it or whatever they were doing, right? But um, I found last year with the vintage cars, it was a group and a, a, a fun group that just interacted and enjoyed racing. So I just hope it doesn't get to that competitive stage that uh, it becomes not fun for the ones that get, in it, get into it for that purpose. And what Patty created it for was a tour to go around and for everybody to get along and and uh, like go do some car shows with them and that sort of thing. I just hope it doesn't get caught up in the competitive side of race that a lot of other classes have. We'll make the last call on social media. If you got a question or a comment, be sure to drop it down there. We'll get uh, we'll get Dylan on the case here in a few moments. Uh, obviously, Cy is, is still very active in the sport, but he's also active in the horse racing side of things. How's the horse doing? Uh, the horse is doing good. I think he's got uh, one in Ontario racing. I'm not sure if he even brought it back or not, but... Uh, it was doing well. Uh, um, 
Uh, he's got a couple of horses at his place here, Burncoat. Uh, I go over and visit every now and again. And uh, man, they're the nice horses. But yeah, I think he uh, he's racing uh, horses now, or he can practice them. So he uh, he's uh, been on uh, a sulky uh, practicing his horses and stuff, and uh, waiting to get these race cars ready so he can get in them. So I think he's anxious as well. So. Now we don't have the video to show, but I, I know he was doing some sort of ice racing out there on his property earlier in the year with a legend car. Were you a part of that? Uh, I uh, no, I had a hand operation at the time they were doing it, so I couldn't uh, try it. I really wanted to get in, but I kept looking at my hand, thinking maybe, maybe could I do it? <laughs> then I chose not to, right, so it would heal correctly. Uh, but this thirty-seven car behind me had uh, fifteen-inch. Uh, uh, pro stock tires on it with bolts drove out through them for spikes and uh, yeah it uh, so when I brought it here I had a lot of uh, uh, mud and grass and <laughs> there was a lot of cleaning but you know what it's, it didn't sit around this winter and get any cobwebs on it and all the carbon's blowing out of it <laughs> it's good to go racing so <laughs> I, I guess that that puts a new definition to winter nationals right it sure does yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dylan, we'll get it over to you. Final thoughts? Any anything on social? Well, uh, the McMillans just want to thank you, Danny, for your kind words to Dylan getting into the legend racing. Rob Bonus is watching. Uh, he said, "Well, Danny, for some of the words you were talking about officiating, and that's another driver who stepped away from the steering wheel into an officiating position. Uh, what would you recommend to a driver who would maybe think about that? Denver brought it up a little earlier, but maybe a driver's thinking, well." I don't really want to be racing anymore, but I still want to do something in racing. What would you say to them if they want to get into officiating? Um, don't be scared to try it. Um, uh, we need um, – every sport needs knowledge in officiating in every aspect of it, whether it's uh, Tim, you, Dylan, and uh, Denver, you. There's um, – you need to have the knowledge and be involved to enjoy it. And uh, Rob has done an excellent job of um, – uh, stepping from the car into, I know he misses racing. And, uh, uh, if he ever had the opportunity, he would probably race again. But uh, I really think he enjoys his officiating. He's an awesome flagger. Uh, he's uh, pointed a flag at me a few times, but uh, never really waved one at me because I was I settled down. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would just say yeah, just uh, whatever you want to do, just do it. It's uh, they're they're uh, every racetrack would open. Oh, uh, welcome any helper with open arms because there's places for everybody there. So I want to ask you about your buddy, Jeff Crookshank. I've gotten to know Jeff for the past few years, racing at Valley raceway, him and Cy have taken that red truck on the dirt. I guess two questions. Number one, what does it mean to have a good buddy in racing like that who helps along with the legends and the hot rod classics? Number two, what are you going to go dirt racing? Uh, I would love to try the dirt racing. I just uh, never had time. I was uh, with my work the last few years and I bought a new house here and built this garage and uh, I didn't have a garage to work out of. So, uh, but, uh, Jeff, uh, I would have to say is probably one of my best friends is, uh, over the last few years been there with me through it all. I've been with him. Uh, when we go to the racetrack, it's, uh, I more worry about getting his car geared than I worry about mine second or size first and, and mine second, that's the way I, they got to be geared up. Um, but uh, I remember one time Jeff and I got together on the racetrack and uh, um, ripped the wheel off my car. And uh, anyway, I just brought it in. And because we're friends, just you load her up and you say no harm, no foul. And you, you go fix the car. Well, when I get home and unloaded the car, I went to reach in uh, to, uh, 
to steer the car in and my seat's loaded with parts. Jeff went to his trailer and laid all the parts I wrecked and laid them on my seat for me to fix my race car. So, you know what, that's a true friend and a true competitor, right? So it, uh, that's one of the things that stick out with me with Jeff. So I'll help him as much as he needs help him inside. I, I one more for me here. And again, if you got a quick question for Danny, leave it below and we'll get it to him. Uh, you brought up the trips he did with Tim down to the Carolinas and North Wilkesboro has been in the news a lot with people wanting to bring the track back and, and so on and so forth. But you were there for one of those races back in the early 2010s. What, what was that like being at North Wilkesboro before it closed, unfortunately, again? Uh, it, uh, just to be at a racetrack you never wrapped for is always fun anyway. But to be at a track that you knew were closed, you knew was closed for years, and to uh, and the speed they carried there was like amazing. Like I, I think Tim and I and uh, Chaz walked right around the racetrack. I think there and sat almost in every bleacher to see what it was like, and uh, it was uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was good to be part of. Because I think that was the last race they had there as well, and uh, now she's all grew up. So it was nice to be there and be part of that. So, like I say, it's just memories you'll never be able to have again right so except for the tornado warning on saturday night where we got rained out and we drank a lot of rum after the uh after the uh yeah. rain out but but nevertheless uh this this has been fun we're coming up on the top of the hour danny i want to thank you for being a part of this uh we're gonna we're gonna have to get uncle Sai on at some point because now that we have you on here the bar the bar is raised for Sai, right yeah we will uh oh you know what i'll invite him over here sometime and uh, we won't tell him if we get a bottle. <laughs> but I, I think he would be part of it. And I got the real strong Wi-Fi here in the garage because you never know when you might have to Google a setup and want to try something different, right? So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know, I, I think if we do one, I think we have to do the whole show with Cy because I don't think there's going to be any sort of, any sort no. of stopping them with, with what we have. So too, too many stories, too many stories. <laughs> This has been awesome, Danny. Thank you very much. I uh, want to thank Dylan Langell and, and Denver Matcher for helping us out here this evening. You can listen to this podcast back a little bit later on this evening on our podcast platforms. We want to thank all of our partners for coming on board here this evening. Paul Strickland has a show at Bidane TV coming up here in about 15 minutes. Head over to his Facebook page, Randy the Plumber is joining them tonight on the uh, show for the Fatheads Cup Series. So go over and take a look at that. That's going to do it for us here this evening. Thank you to Danny Harvey and Travis Conroy and Destiny Ankle for joining us. Until next Wednesday, my name is Tim Terry. Keep the hammer down. We'll see you at the track. <laughs>